Welcome to another episode of the brand called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, I'm privileged to welcome a very dear friend, a fellow YPR, and a successful professional turned entrepreneur from the US, Ajoy Khanderia. Ajoy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Uh, Ajoy is the CEO of Optimal Health, Home Health. He's the director of Emmanuel Healthcare. He is the founder of Grameen Healthcare. In his earlier avatar, he worked for Harris Corp, ITAL Cable, Tech Mahindra, UT Starcom, and Hughes Software. He's an investor in several businesses focused on technology and healthcare. And as just mentioned, he's a fellow YPO member. So Ajoy, tell me, what would you say are three key milestones in your life or your career? Well, the, the very first milestone is uh, getting married. Mm-hmm. It changed me from being a happy-go-lucky, no responsibility person into a person having some responsibilities. The the second milestone was joining YPO. Mm-hmm. I did not know what I was missing. I did not know the drawbacks of me as an individual until I started getting education from YPO on how to be a good human being first and. Uh, a reasonably good business person second third thing is most of the ventures that i did were ventures i did or participated in to get a paycheck mm. starting grameen healthcare was the third milestone in my life because it was based more on my passion of providing some impact giving back giving back to society etc mm. rather than for financial gain okay so I'd say that would be the third milestone. Fantastic. So Ajay, tell me now, let's talk about your third milestone, which is Grameen Healthcare. Tell me about this venture. So Grameen Healthcare, original avatar was, it was a second opinion company for the rich and famous and the elite of India. Mm-hmm. I ran across uh, Dr. Avasti and Sandeep from IFCO and they talked about stories about farmers committing suicide because of health mm-hmm. and getting cured but having sold their farm etc etc and their question was can you do something with us mm-hmm. and so we started Grameen Healthcare. Grameen Healthcare original plan was to provide primary healthcare to the farmers of India Okay, and we continue doing that. We have morphed and evolved over three years but the idea is to provide healthcare to the farmers to the underprivileged underserved Mm -hmm. at a price they can afford a distance they can travel but most importantly with the dignity they deserve okay and you know when you talk about uh, rural healthcare and you're providing uh, uh, affordable health what let's start with uh, discussing what are some of the major challenges people fail in uh, face in rural healthcare the first and foremost is changing behavior okay most of the rural population is used to dealing with uh, village quacks mm. people who have inherited the, the skill set over decades from down their family yeah and changing the behavior is hard mm. second problem is if you don't want it to be a charitable or a CSR initiative, you need to be able to monetize it. Mm. Monetizing service offering in rural India is hard. Mm. They are used to getting it free from the government of India. Mm. 
And last but not the least is as soon as you try to figure out how to monetize it, last mile connectivity is very difficult okay. because you, your average revenue per person is lower. Therefore, you cannot afford to spend the same amount of money that you would spend in urban India. Hmm. Okay. And uh, when you are talking now of things like using technology to change healthcare, what kind of technology are we using? I mean, I, I suddenly have started to see this whole discussion on telemedicine becoming very relevant again today. And I was telling somebody, I think when you were with Hughes and I was with Hughes, uh, 30 years ago, Hughes was talking of telemedicine using VSATs. And teleeducation. Correct. So what is, what is changing that has not happened in the last 30 years? Ashutosh, it's a very simple one word, COVID. Okay. Because of COVID, world population, rural population of India hmm. has learned how to use digital medium okay. to get information. Information has become a very precious commodity and valued commodity for them. Hmm. When I first started, probably 5% of rural India had data hmm. uh, on their mobiles. Hmm. Today, rural India has more data utilization than urban India. Really? because this was their only opportunity of getting the news. They're not going to go to different places. So now they are digitally connected. Mm -hmm. the, the, the goal of Prime Minister Modi was to have everybody on a digital platform mm -hmm. and no other power could do it but COVID did. Mm -hmm. So now that they are on a digital medium and access digital content, telemedicine or what I call assisted telemedicine, mm -hmm and mobile apps for healthcare are becoming very relevant and very used. Mm -hmm. And I'll just take a second and talk about assisted telemedicine because yeah. in medicine, you still do not trust the telephone operator. Mm -hmm. So when I say assisted telemedicine, I mean telemedicine provided by a person of their own community mm -hmm. and having a brick and mortar to know that these guys are here for good. They're not here fly by night here today and gone tomorrow. So, Aja, tell me, can you help, you know, for thousands of people who are going to be, who are going to be watching us talk, can you give me an example of where your intervention helped to sort out or resolve a medical challenge without giving names, of course? So, in the past few years, when it was pure brick and mortar for us, hmm. we must have on an everyday basis, detected at least one patient with either a breast cancer or a cervical cancer or wow. oral cancer. We couldn't do anything about that, but we identified those. Mm. And then we referred them to the jindals and so on and so forth who are uh, people who provide free service to them. So I would say on a weekly basis or maybe even twice a week, we probably saved a life. Wow. The one episode that I remember very clearly is that one person called with some sort of uh, disease on the mm -hmm. phone mm -hmm. and our clinicians spent two hours with them on the phone, mm -hmm. walking them through all of that emergency situation because they were not in a position to get to an ICU. Okay. So that situation was dealt with on the phone and uh, that person recovered. And you know, you, we got a few of those, felt very good about that. Mm -hmm. Our original objective was to find people with diabetes, hypertension, manage that so they don't get into uh, serious ailments. Mm -hmm. That has not happened in as big of a way as, 
as uh, as uh, acute illnesses have. Okay. And you know, you just spoke about the incredible amount of data that is now being collected from rural India. How does this data help you better serve the underserved? So, uh, Ashutosh, the, the the answer to that is first of all, the data that we collect from patients hmm. is incredibly rich. Okay. Uh, we provide our service at an affordable price. Hmm. And the price for getting our service at an affordable price is that you spend 20 minutes with us. Mm. We have a very detailed electronic health record that we fill. Okay. That includes the health record of their entire family, extended family, what kind of farming they do, what kind of uh, crops they have, mm. so on and so forth. That data is useful in many ways. First of all, for wellness and predictive. If you're able to see that this family has a history of diabetes, hypertension, mm. uh, you you sort of forecast to them that this could happen to you because your blood pressure is going up regularly. So take some rest, drink water, take these pills, etc. So we are able to provide wellness to them. Interestingly, a byproduct of this is that companies like IFCO will be able to talk to them and tell them, look, there is a glut of tomatoes in the market mm. this year. Do not grow tomatoes because you will get a yield of 100 rupees a kilo instead of 500. Instead, grow this thing. Okay. What this does is it allows IFCO to guide the farmer on what to grow and therefore increases income, fulfilling again Prime Minister Modi's in, uh, objective of doubling their income by 2024. Okay. So that is a byproduct. Last but not least, it allows people with white goods mm. to be able to promote it at a very low cost. Okay. Well said. So, you know, you're building something which really started with trying to help a lot of people and it's evolving into a major, I would say, data company, if I can say that also. What are some of the core values you believe in for your business? We still believe in the same values that we did when we started, which is consumer first. Okay. Just because they are poor doesn't mean that they have to be treated without dignity. Mm -hmm. We believe that all consumer, it should be a consumer world. We should go to them. They shouldn't come to us. Okay. And the most important thing is you have to respect your patients or customers. Okay. Treat them with dignity. Okay. And, you know, as you look at your journey as a professional manager and then as an entrepreneur looking at doing so many different organizations, what would you say is your leadership style? My leadership style is mostly evolved from the Silicon Valley, mm -hmm. which is delegate, empower and nurture. Mm -hmm. By and large, try to have people in the organization who are smarter than you mm -hmm. and just nurture them. Okay. Okay. And what about accountability? This is uh, one of the things that comes later in what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. I take people at face value and expect that they will do what they are expected to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and so accountability, I make an assumption that that's always there. Okay. So one more question for you on, on uh, related to Grameen before I move to the next segment. You know, you are working a lot in rural India and you're collecting a lot of data there. This age really belongs to the millennials and the Gen Zs. You know, your children, my children, they're all... Gen Z's and the millennials. 
what is your view of the millennials and the gen z's in rural india and what kind of steps are they taking for their healthcare my opinion may be contrary to popular belief hmm. i do believe that in rural india trust confidence comes from gray hair hmm. uh, i do not in uh, my opinion i do not think rural india is ready for the millennials and mm-hmm. significantly high tech at this point in time okay and uh, second of all uh, again my opinion is that a lot of the millennials have read a lot of press mm. have read about the 25 year old unicorn and 26 year old multi billionaire mm. so they are all looking at extremely scalable quickly scalable mm. flippable existable uh, exitable type of business mm. healthcare is a long gestation period correct rural india is longer mm. healthcare in rural india is longer mm. so it requires a lot of patience a lot of conviction and uh, may not be uh, a unicorn anytime soon mm. right so it's meant for people like us okay who have a lot of patience who have a lot of patience okay very good so that's a very interesting segue into the next conversation which is you as an investor you know you invest in several places first tell me what do you look for before opening up your checkbook to make an investment you know being a small angel type of a person mm. i first of all try to say do i have any value add to them mm. all of us over the last so many years have mm. developed friends and relationships globally mm. is that going to be of any use to them do i have any unique knowledge that can help them if not then i have no role to play here you have larger vcs and pes who play mm. there mm. second thing which is my soapbox is what are the core values mm. if their core value is let me do something in a year and a half exit and so on forget building a business forget building a, a legacy it doesn't suit me mm. and third probably equally important is who are the people doing it mm. do they have hunger okay do they have passion okay so uh to use your earlier comment about you having to wait and have a lot of patience in your healthcare business in rural india do you have the same kind of patience when you are an angel investor as an angel investor i'm not looking for an exit really okay i'm in no rush mm. i do not build in any exit clauses wherever i invest mm. uh i have amazing patience when it comes to angel investment okay and you know again based on all the investments that you've made in your own companies and others companies what according to you are some of the basic mistakes a lot of startup entrepreneurs make um i think two things one is most entrepreneurs are good at what they do whether it's technology or healthcare or whatever mm-hmm. most of them are not very savvy when it comes to cash flow okay most early stage businesses fail because of lack of cash flow mm-hmm. or lack of management of cash mm-hmm. second thing that i think many of us do is uh, uh delay things procrastinate or 
miss the right window of opportunity so my personal failure has generally been timing mm. get too too passionate and too emotionally attached mm. to the business so, so don't look at the business in a okay practical way very interesting and one more question on startups before i move to the next segment you know you have done so many startups you have invested in so many places i keep getting conflicting views on whether you should do it solo or whether you should have a co-founder your views should have a co-founder should have a co-founder and yeah. why do you say so unless you are in the ypo you really don't have a uh, a sounding board hmm. you know it's kind of lonely at the top hmm. now okay. we are fortunate that we are in ypo so we have a forum with seven eight people who are non judgmental hmm. and much smarter and much more accomplished than we are and they are there to provide the backups hmm. most entrepreneurs by definition will not qualify to be in the ypo hmm. and so if you have a co-founder a you are uh, you are uh, reducing the risk hmm. you are reducing the bottleneck you hmm. are uh, reducing the risk as of a key man and you can have complementary strengths interesting so i'm going to now move to the last segment of our conversation which are some questions for you personally you know as you look back at life and as you look at all the stuff you will do in future what does success mean to ajoy well you know uh, success in the past was measured by dollars and cents correct today it's a very uh, cheesy statement but success is if my kids and my family think i'm doing something important they're proud of what i'm doing they're proud of talking about it to people and not the balance sheet mm-hmm. uh, that's that's important and uh, success to me is if my peers think that i'm doing something of value mm-hmm. okay and uh, you know a follow up question to that is that who or what inspires you i have uh, followed what some people do the two people to actually two people who come to my mind are not uh, people that you look in books look about in books movies or uh, through the press but mm-hmm. people i know personally uh, one gentleman is uh, niren choudhry mm-hmm. whose life is incredible i don't know if you're familiar with niren uh, there is a movie made on his life called the one is uh, it's uh, the sky is pink okay he was the ceo of yum foods in india mm. and then he joined a private equity and he was ceo as a private equity of crispy uh, cream and now he is the ceo of uh, panera breads mm-hmm. he had very very hard time in life dealt mm-hmm. many adversities and so on mm-hmm. but has continued to be an incredibly successful person Amazing. Uh, just about a few months ago he sent me a video of him being one on one with the then president of the US his company helping uh, fight uh, covid mm-hmm. extremely charismatic person okay. just absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. the second person is somebody who's in my forum mm-hmm. uh, selesh khatan mm-hmm. he is a smart guy is a passionate guy he has empathy he has time you could call him at 2 am in the morning and he will say where do you want to meet he wouldn't mm-hmm. ask why mm-hmm. yeah. and Amazing. for a person who is as successful as he is mm-hmm. 
to be not looking at his calendar to see if he has time for you, but asking when. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how these two individuals have uh, been Fantastic. something that I always like to emulate if I can. Fantastic. Thank you. That's that's amazing. So my next question, your joy, is uh, on failure. You know, uh, I've always said that parents in India or South Asia don't teach children it's okay to fail. We are always said you got to be first, go to the head of the line, and that manifests itself in our behavior patterns throughout life. Yet we keep failing. My question to you is: What have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes or your failures? One of the cliches that I use is: It's not how you fall; hmm. it's how you get up that matters. Correct. Uh, second thing: Early in my life, I started playing competitive sports. Mm-hmm. I lost more often than I won, mm-hmm. which is true for everybody, sure. however good they are. And there is always a lesson to be learned mm-hmm. from from that. One very interesting thing about failure is, again, coming back to timing. Mm-hmm. Way back when, I had an offer to join a company, mm-hmm. and I was getting X percentage stock in that company. I said, "Okay, fine. Let me think about it. Mm-hmm. I'll come back to you in a couple of weeks." Mm-hmm. In that couple of weeks, that company got sold to Cisco. My stock at that point that was offered to me was worth tens of millions. This is twenty wow. plus years ago. Mm. So sometimes it's better to take a decision when you know you're going to take a decision okay. rather than postpone it. Okay. Okay. And my last question to you, Ajay. There's so many people are going to listen to you and your all all the advice you've given and your thoughts. what would your advice be to a young individual starting off on their life journey interesting question i just was trying to tell a young entrepreneur this answer mm-hmm. to this question in my way mm-hmm. i was saying there is you have a lot of years of work left in front of you mm-hmm. do not necessarily try to shortcut your first success mm-hmm. do not try to get it done tomorrow day after mm-hmm. take your time learn from that mm-hmm. and last but not least carry your well wishers and investors with you amazing if you do well for them they will be with you for the next 15 ventures that you do mm-hmm. and otherwise they are going to be not your well wishers going forward mm-hmm. so like you know the chicken and the egg don't correct. don't try to get all the eggs at the first time correct well said ajoy thank you so much it's been such a pleasure speaking to you I wish you and everything that you're doing lots of luck. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Video Cast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.